On the show, we talk about human connection a lot and we talk about motivating ourselves and discipline and all of the good things that we need to do as humans because I don't think that we can be loved or love someone until we can allow love in and love ourselves. And recently I went through something and I will share it with you at some point, but because you and I would just overshare all the time. But uh, for now, I wanted to just share a little bit of a story. So I was going through this, this very traumatic thing. And a friend of mine, a guy in Australia, a very good friend of mine, I've known him since I was about 16. He pointed me in the direction of someone on Instagram called Eva Sumter. And she is incredible. She is an intuitive guide and embodiment coach and energy healer. But she's so much more than that. And I followed her. And I'm telling you now, she made all of the difference in my life. I didn't even sign up for any of the courses. I just, just through watching her Instagrams and listening to her speak and watching her Insta stories, she really helped me through something. And I don't know, I don't think she knows this, but I just wanted to send a shout out to Andre for putting me in touch with her. But then I had to get her on our show because you need to, to hear her too. I really think that she's here to help everyone, male and female. Um, and she's on a Zoom with me. Hi, Eva. Hi, everyone. Hi, Danny. So good to be here. I'm, I'm really, really excited to talk to you. Okay, first things first. Um, who is Eva Sumter? Um, first of all, I would like to just say thank you so much for um, sharing that with me as well. I haven't really heard the, the story in depth like that. You kind of dropped a little tidbit on me. Um, but yeah, it's amazing to hear when people just randomly come across my profile and I love that. I love making new connections because I love human connection. This is this is me. This is Eva Sumter. I love community and I love connecting with people and bringing people together and not just connecting with other people but really cultivating a deeper connection to self. And I love how you say, you know, you need to come to to love yourself. And I really believe that we can't allow other people's love in to the degree that we love ourselves in. So we have to love ourselves to more depth if we want to experience more depth and love with the people around us. And, um, yeah, that's something I'm so passionate about, showing people how to cultivate this self-love and how to also just connect in with their body, how to heal themselves, how to be their own guru, their own guide, their own healer, their own teacher. And, yeah, my work has just evolved massively around this and, yeah, it's so exciting to be working with clients in um, different offerings that I do, workshops, courses, one-on-one sessions, retreats, the works. I absolutely adore it. Okay, so let's start at the very beginning. Um, I don't feel like, and, and you don't have to share anything you don't want to share, but um, we just, we, we all overshare on the show. This <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, so I, I've, I've got to ask you because I feel like you, this path, you don't happen upon this path from a happy space. You generally tend towards this kind of path of healing and, and uh, the, that like understanding that you're observing as opposed to, to in control. Um, you don't happen upon this from a happy space. This always kind of happens through something you went through that's difficult or traumatic. How did you come across 
this space, this energy healing, this embodiment, this intuition? How did you, because I'm sure you were quote unquote normal, like the rest of us at Gucci handbag, <laughs> your life and drinking too much, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny that you say that because I used to be just the token party girl. And um, I spent many, many years, over 10 years, um, living with really, um, really difficult anxiety and depression and PTSD. Um, I was sexually assaulted when I was 17 and um, that really triggered this PTSD for me. And from there on, I had a long journey with mental health, um, feeling suicidal and feeling, I went from feeling so much and not knowing how to be with that. So then I just um, almost left my body and I just became disconnected and disembodied completely. I had no kind of body awareness of what was going on, what emotions I was holding onto. And I could feel this discomfort and this unease, but instead of addressing it, I would just drink it away. I would take recreational drugs. I would just spend all my time on social media or I would be constantly needing to be with people so I could avoid being with myself. And I had pretty much every addiction under the sun just trying to avoid being with myself and being with these really he like heavy, dense emotions. So it took me a very long time until um, eventually I just said enough is enough and I was willing to do whatever it was going to take to feel healthy because I was in a state of surviving and never thriving. I was constantly just making, making by every single day, just working, eating, sleeping and drinking. And, yeah, eventually I actually had this intuitive hit, which is very, very odd. I didn't ever consider myself to be an intuitive person um, but I just had this really deep feeling that I needed to come off the contraceptive pill. And I was like, why would I do that? I don't want to fall pregnant. All these stories kept going on in my mind. And then when I started to um, research it, this kind of intuitive voice became louder and it was telling me this is the right thing for you to do. And I actually found there was um, an article that was linking depression in um, young teens with mental health issues like depression. So that really just sparked something for me in being like, wow, maybe, maybe things could be different. Yeah. So I came off the pill and within three months of my hormones balancing out and finding their natural rhythm again, I had this massive fog just lift from out of me. And I could feel everything again. I felt connected to my body, to my emotions, to my womanhood, to my womb space. And, yeah, just this kind of dark cloud that was hovering over me lifted. And I know a lot of women who have also experienced the same thing. Um, 
and I'm not ever speaking this to try and convince people to come off the contraceptive pill, by all means, like your body, your choice, and whatever is in the best, highest support of you, I respect that and acknowledge that. But this was my my particular journey with it. And from there, it was like a snowball effect. I was like, what else can I do to feel better? How else can I improve my health? So I just started to change my diet, change my lifestyle. I started thinking about maybe what I wanted to do for work instead and really got very clear with the type of people I wanted to surround myself with too because I was heavily surrounded by people who loved to party and I wanted to kind of remove myself from that. So I lost many friends um, and I just had to get comfortable with being in my own company, which was really daunting for a long time, but it was so healing for me to really find this sovereignty piece. And so necessary. I think a lot of what you said, it made me feel a little bit emotional because I think so many of us have either been there or are going through exactly what you were talking about drinking the way not spending not being able to spend time with yourself um distracting yourself with endless netflix binging and endless doom scrolling on instagram and i think it's so important to hear that you can change it yeah totally um you know it was just that real I, I was at my lowest point of just being like, I'm sick of just crying every single day when I come home from work and just feeling lost and feeling depressed and having no passion and no thirst for life. And that was enough for just, just to push me into choosing something different. And I'm sure this is the case for so many people. It's like you kind of reach that lowest of low and it's like there has to be another way. And with all of these changes that I started to integrate, I started to notice huge changes in my health and my overall well-being. I just felt so much lighter and I started to study um, meditation, which really supported me in cultivating this connection to myself, to my mind and my body, and to really see my mind as a tool rather than my mind and the thoughts that consume my mind, rather than letting them be everything, I was able to observe my thoughts and not attach myself to them, which was a huge thing, a huge shift for me and my overall well-being. And then from there, I started to study um, conscious relationships. I went to this retreat and it wasn't just around conscious relationships it was really breaking down the human psyche and understanding um, ourselves on a hormonal level and I learned so many incredible communication skills I learned how to about how to um, better understand my menstrual cycle and how to connect to that I understand understood how to connect to people on a deeper level that I'd always been craving and I just didn't know how to have access to. So they integrated um, tantric principles into this retreat, which then catapulted me on this big journey of doing a lot of um, tantra study, which has really, really supported me in cultivating the life that I desire and one that's formed so strongly around 
deep connection to self and deep connection to others. And really the concept is just about seeing yourself as being God, seeing yourself as being the divine, and then also seeing people as a reflection of you, seeing them as a reflection of yourself, seeing them as God, them as the divine as well. And, yeah, this has just completely shifted my life. So, yeah, there's been lots of many different kind of courses and studies and things that I went down. And um, initially I was starting to do some network marketing, which was focused around health and well-being coaching, which was amazing. But then um, I suddenly became drawn to energy healing. So I did my study in Reiki healing, which was amazing, so amazing to realize how intuitive I actually was because I was given the space to really explore that. And I never realized before that I would always be feeling in my body what other people are feeling. So I've gone my entire life having no awareness of the fact that when I was feeling anxious or sometimes I was feeling really sad or depressed and you know I kept thinking that was mine I came to the realization that not everything that I was feeling and holding in my body was mine wow and actually a lot of the time I was feeling what other people were feeling and didn't realize that I I had this ability within me I wonder how many of us actually go through a day and are the same but just don't realize yeah Totally. And that's the thing. We're picking up people's energy all the time without even realizing because people don't have the concept of um, energetic boundaries and don't have a concept on how to have energetic hygiene practices to really empty other people's energy out and to call our own energy back in. It's, you know, the more you speak, the more I'm enthralled and the more I just want to know more and more and more (laughs) things that I want to talk about. And I don't think an hour is enough. But one of the things that I really did want to touch on today, um, because I feel like it's so important because we've lost it completely, is getting back in touch with your feminine energy. And this is, Mm -hmm. I think, as important for women as it is for men, because Mm -hmm. both have feminine energy, right? Yeah, totally. So um, this is something I learned through my tantric studies about the masculine and the feminine energies. I no longer um, resonate with using those terms, but I still definitely incorporate those teachings and that belief system in my life and with my clients. But instead of using the term feminine, I more address the qualities of what you would call, quote unquote, the feminine. So for anyone that kind of doesn't have this um, prior knowledge around what this feminine energy is, basically it's just this state of receptivity, of learning how to be rather than constantly doing. And it's really this state of surrender and flow and fluidity and creativity and it's our connection to intuition, our connection to the land. And we have been living in this patriarchal society which has a misogynistic society which has completely ripped this, what you would call the feminine essence from us. Mm. 
And we've been conditioned that we need to work hard. We need to earn money. We need to be, we need to abide all of these rules and be a good tax-paying citizen. And we've lost this innate wisdom that is held within us. We've lost this ability to be receptive because we're constantly uh, penetrative with our energy. We're constantly going forwards, striving forwards. And yeah, I think even just with people hearing these words and hearing these qualities, you can feel in your life where there might be this kind of imbalance. And maybe you have, haven't had that time to really be in your receptivity and all the qualities that come with that. And it's nothing at all to be ashamed of. And it's not, it's not to say that you are unintegrated or you're a bad person or whatever. It's just bringing awareness to maybe some um, limiting beliefs that you have, maybe some energetic blocks that you have, maybe some conditioning and trauma that you have from your upbringing and the society that we're living in. And it's a beautiful thing because it's something that you can bring your awareness to. It's something that you can call in more. It's things that you can work through. You can work through these blocks to have this healthy weaving and constant fluidity of these different energies. It's just like what you would call yin and yang. And in Tantra, you know, we refer to um, Shakti Shiva. It's just these... um, duality it's this duality these dual opposing energies and we need both and I think women are just starting to really find their way with this but still men are so highly shamed for it as well mm-hmm. and there is so much shame around showing their emotions and for any any men that are listening to this um I know just how high the suicide rates are with men. I know how high mental health issues are with our men. And that's because they've never been given the safe space. They've never been given this permission to be emotional. It's almost like we've, we write off women as being like, oh, you know, you're, you're just emotional beings. And it's like, no, we are all emotional beings. All of us do. It's just been drilled into men more so that they need to hold it together because that's what is deemed as masculine, which to me is just stupid. <laughs> I agree. I agree so, so much. Like it's, it's, it's always blown my mind that boys can't cry. You know, like there's, there's always yeah. the boys don't cry, boys don't get emotional. But then if you look at the flip side of that, we in South Africa have one of the highest rates of gender-based violence in the world. And I really, mm. truly believe even that it's because you're holding all of these emotions within you. At some point, every human being is going to explode. If you yep. aren't given the, the, the space, like you say, a safe space, if no one is holding space for you to let it go and to cry and to feel the way that you feel, you're going to explode at some point. Yeah, and it's really, it comes first down to being able to hold a safe space for yourself yeah. and to give yourself that allowance, that a permission to actually go into it. But often 
no one even knows how that looks. No one knows how to access their emotions, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching people this, to give people tools to know how to run energy through their body because that's all it is. Emotion is just energy in motion. And when we can just stop resisting how it naturally wants to move, our emotions can move so quickly. We don't have to bottle it all up. So an emotion actually only lasts for 90 seconds in its raw state. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is insane. So if, if you break it down, the reason that an emotion lasts longer than 90 seconds is because we're attaching a story to it. We're going, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. It's because of this person, because they said this to me. La, 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 like whatever, whatever the story is, we're just feeding it and we keep feeding it and blowing it up to be something bigger than it is because we're so accustomed to feeling uncomfortable. We're accustomed to feeling our pain. And even though it doesn't feel nice, it's what is familiar. And our brain is always going to do things that keep us in a familiar state of being, whether we like it or not. So we're constantly feeding this kind of story. Um, what I find with a lot of clients is often they're trying to mask their emotions with positivity. Mm. They're trying to say, no, I can't feel that. I need to, um, I need to stay positive. I can't be negative. I don't want to bring people down. Um, but really, if they just gave themselves that full permission, just gave themselves at least yeah, 90 seconds to let that energy move in its most natural raw state, then there isn't going to be this tension. There isn't going to be this stress in the body. We can move energetic blocks out of our system. And like you were saying, all of the times that we suppress our emotions, we hold energetic blocks in our system somewhere and we hold trauma in our, in our fascia, in our muscles, in our body. So using somatic practices, um, which I teach people with embodiment tools, is allowing that emotion to move from the body, to allow the energy to move. Because if we don't do that, it will, the emotional blocks will show up as uh, physical ailments, physical imbalances. Maybe you have a weak immune system, maybe um, it manifests in as disease. Um, Maybe it causes a sense of anxiety or depression, like mental health is, is huge with this. Maybe you have insomnia, you struggle to sleep. Um, and maybe just the interactions that you're having with people aren't, um, aren't being expressed in uh, a very nurturing, loving way like it could be. So we're very quick to um, project all of our emotions on the people that we're relating with. We're quick to um, snap at people and to try to blame someone and try to shame someone, try to tame someone. And it's because this energy just needs an outlet. It needs to get out. And it is actually a trauma response for a lot of people, um, because of if the things that have happened in their life, the way that emotion, emotional expression has been modelled to them. So, yeah, there's so many, so many things that are like adding to the way we are and um, 
what I'm passionate about is just showing people that there is another way. And it actually can be really easy. I think people get it in their mind that, oh, healing is hard and it's going to take forever and I have all this trauma and all this wounding when it can actually be easeful and it can be quick and it can be safe and it can feel freeing and expansive. And that's not to say that there aren't going to be hard times because there definitely are, especially if you have all this bottled up emotions and energy. But once you let yourself express that, you just open up your world to so much more connection to yourself, to other people, to your body. You become a greater vibrational match for the things that you really want to call into your life. You open up to more creativity. You open up to more intuitive states. Your intuition is more heightened. You open up to more pleasure. So, yeah, the more we can allow ourselves to go into our pain, the more we can actually experience deeper pleasure as well. I can't believe that you said um, that we are just kind of, we're we're just fine with being uncomfortable. We're just fine with living unhappy, feeling the way that we feel. And it's only when you said that did I realize, oh, my gosh, that's kind of the default setting for a lot of us, even for me. Yeah. Like you're supposed to not feel great all the time, surely. Um, it'll pass. It's fine. I'll have another cup of caffeinated coffee. I'll have two more espressos. Mm. I'll just carry on. I'll just work through it. But when listening to you talk and, and having followed you on Instagram, you really do look like you're feeling real things as opposed to just numbing. And I think if someone followed you and if someone listened to this, I want the same. I want, I want that. But then, like you say, I'm always going, well, I mean, you know, healing is hard and it takes a lot of work and I don't even know what <laughs> Where would you start for someone listening and who wants to, to change their life and do the 180 that you did? Where, what's the beginning? So it's important first to understand that your brain only distinguishes familiar and unfamiliar. So familiar can feel like feeling like crap. So having awareness over that is one of the key things. Also having awareness over the fact that we will constantly try to sabotage our own growth and our own healing. And that's because we're trying to stay in this state of familiarity. We're trying to stay in um, this, this space, these sensations, this vibration that feels comfortable because it's almost what has felt safe. We've become so used to it that that's, that's become the new normal. And it's, it's kind of fooling us into believing that that's a safe, natural way of being when, yeah, it's, it's not. And having awareness over your own um, kind of coping mechanisms that come in, so maybe addictions that you turn to, um, ways that you numb out, the ways that you distract yourself and your brain can be super, super convincing in telling you that you should do these things because you're going into the self-sabotage mode. Mm. So, you know, you could, you could be really, really wanting to get your life on track and you, you plan to go and do something that's going to be supportive of your health and your well-being. And then this little voice will come in and it will say, 
oh, maybe we should drink a whole bottle of wine tonight so that we feel hungover and we're not actually really present for that thing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And all these little things will come in and you'll be like, oh, it's just to, just to wind down, just to um, alleviate some of the stress. It's fine. It's fine. And we'll convince ourselves that what we're doing is <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's good behaviour. Mm. So if you can discover what your things are, what your vices are, and to be able to pick up on your cues and choose differently, I would say that is a huge first step. And then also starting to have some body awareness. So one of the most simple things that you can do is to do something called a body scan, which is using your awareness, using your intention. Imagine that you were scanning from your body Imagining you're going from the feet all the way up using your awareness and you just want to see where you're feeling any sensations, any points of numbness, any points of tension, pain, stress that's held in the body. And this could be more, you would feel it more as like a physical sensation. So maybe you're feeling um, tightness in your belly Maybe you're feeling like your chest is heavy and tight, like someone's sitting on it. Mm. Maybe your shoulders are tired and tight. So you kind of just want to go through and become aware of how your body's feeling. And for a lot of people, people can't actually feel their feet. They can't feel their legs. So if you were to do this now and scan through your body, you might find that the bottom half of your body is almost numb. Yeah, and that's because we're so ungrounded. We have no sense of groundedness. We are so disconnected from um, our base, from the root chakra, and we're disconnected from the earth. So one of the easiest, most simple ways to ground yourself is to be on the earth, to lay on the earth or to walk bare feet on the earth. And for a lot of people, that's something they would never do, ever. For me, I make it a priority almost every single day because my connection to my body and to the earth is so essential with being able to to feel safe. So unless you have a sense of groundedness in your body, you won't feel safe. So some really simple things that you can do to bring kind of this grounded energy into your lower half of your body is to bring really firm grounding touch to your legs to your feet, to almost kind of be massaging them Um, and just to lay yourself on the earth or to imagine if you're meditating or just sitting there, imagining that there's roots that are coming down from your tailbone and making their way into the earth. So almost like you're imagining, you're visualising these roots grounding into the soil underneath you. And that can be a really simple, easy way of just dropping your energy back down and fully landing back into your body. You, these are all really simple things to do. And yet I know a lot of us are going to go out there and go and walk on the grass for five minutes today, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. And then life kind of happens and we're not going to do it anymore. But I yeah. think that the seed has been planted. And I think talking to you especially, I think a lot of us are going to feel um, – 
like you were personally singling us out <laughs> with the wine. Especially um, <laughs> asking our friends if one and a half bottles of wine is too much, which it 100% yeah. is. But <laughs> we're all kind of enabling each other because none of us are okay. And I think that talking to you, I've just realized this. None of us are okay. And if you're telling your best friend that a bottle and a half of wine is okay, that's not okay either, because then we don't actually have our best interests at heart for each other. Even mm. We should be telling each other to go and walk outside. Yeah. Something that I tell, you know, my clients is that other people, the five closest people that are around you, are they a good reflection of you? Are they good influences on you? And if they're not, it could be as simple as just opening up a conversation with them and saying, hey, this is where I'm at right now. And I would actually really love some accountability because I am trying to show up for myself. And I would also love to um, strengthen our relationship in this way and to really grow, grow together in our friendship or partnership, whatever it is. And then sometimes people aren't just willing to meet you there. And you can either love and accept them for where they're at and, you know, still have them a part of your life, but maybe maybe they're not people that you want to spend all your time with anymore. Yeah. Or maybe there's new people that you would like to have in your life who are beautiful influences on you and want to see you thrive. And, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really hard to think of it this way, but we are so used to connecting through our pain and this is how a lot of relationships are formed this is how a lot of our friendships are formed our partnerships are formed through our pain and that becomes familiar that becomes a form of an addiction we're used to talking about what's going wrong in our life mm. and it's almost like we're constantly competing with each other being like who is having the hardest time right now <laughs> yeah. and if you're having a good time you feel obliged to say to try and find things to tell them that you're like having a bad time to make them feel better yeah. and it's crazy how much we actually do it and we don't just um yeah we don't allow ourselves to have something new to have a different kind of relationship which is supportive and loving and empowering and you know there's I'm not saying there's anything um wrong with where you are if that's where you're at and you you feel like you're you're connecting with people on your pain that is still a beautiful thing and I still 100% share my pain with people but it's not the forefront of my entire relationships anymore I go to people if I'm feeling like I would love some space to be held for me and they can do that. Mostly I just take responsibility for myself and my state and being able to feel safe and hold myself and what I'm experiencing. And then we're constantly encouraging each other. If I know someone's going through something or they have a goal that they're um, working towards, I, I support them in that and I love them in that. And yeah, I'm just no longer connecting purely from this like pain level, this like trauma bonding, which um, was very prevalent in my life for a long time. It was like almost like if we didn't have things to complain about, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> True. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> so it's crazy. The more you're speaking, the more I'm, and I know we all do this all the time, but the more it's as if you're speaking directly to me. And my dad always used to say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think that that is yeah. so relevant. Um, it's how I came across you. It's, it's, it's just, and I just wanted to share that with so many other people. But something else that I wanted to talk to you about, and this, this for me is the most important part. Um, so uh, um, uh, someone who identifies as male, he led me to you. And it, for me, was such an important thing because you speak about coming into your body and um, you're very open about menstrual cycles and all of these things that we were told were bad and mm. you talk about them and they're gross and you hide them and you put tampons in your bra and you know you don't you don't share it with anyone and then I happen upon you and at 35 I'm going I wish I had known about you when I was 16 because I would have had such a different relationship with my body had I met, mm. had I come across you then, I want to maybe go into that a little bit and the importance yeah. of that for 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 people in general, for humans. Yes, so I have a bit of a reputation for speaking about all of the taboo topics. <laughs> so I speak a lot around um, sexuality and around our uh, um, menstrual cycles and things like that, and. When I started to develop this connection to my cycle and understanding it, it made me realize just how incredible women's bodies are. And if you're, if you're not menstruating, if you're listening to this, this is not to discredit you. Your body is still so incredible. Um, but specifically, we're speaking about um, people who are bleeding. And I know that um, a lot of people who do bleed see it as being a burden. They're like, oh, not again, you know, oh, maybe I'm just going to get pimples and I'm going to be extra cranky or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be able to have sex, like whatever it is. Like we have all these kind of stories that keep going and feeding this belief that it's a bad thing and that it's um, annoying and that it's interrupting our life. So when we can learn to flow with the natural cycles of our body, you have so much more compassion and understanding and love and care and reverence for everything that you're experiencing. And what I usually tell my clients is that we're essentially four different women in the space of a month. <laughs> so based off our hormones that we can be breaking our menstrual cycle up into what you could call the four seasons. So just as we have the seasons um, in our external world, you know, summer, autumn, winter, spring, we have the exact same with our menstrual cycle. And if you imagine how the seasons feel and how you feel when you're in those seasons externally, that's how you feel internally as well during your menstrual cycle. So for me right now, I am in my winter. I am menstruating. I am bleeding. I am on my day two. So basically day one, when you first start bleeding, like a full day of bleeding, that is day one of your cycle. And then this lasts for about a week and then you have another week and then you're moving into spring 
and then another week you're moving into summer and then another week you move into autumn. And every single phase has their beauties about them. They all support us in some way or another. So speaking specifically to menstruation, this is an incredible time where we are highly, highly intuitive. We, the, the left side and the right side of our brain, there is more um, easier communication between the two. Wow. So it's an amazing time to be um, creating. So you might find that you have this, um, these ideas just coming out of nowhere. You're having these intuitive feelings of things that you want to do, um, maybe things that you want to do in your business, um, things you want to do around the house, artwork that you want to create, whatever it is. And this is a beautiful time to explore that, but to not push yourself too hard because our energy levels are actually really depleted at this time. And it's really funny because um, when we're bleeding, our, our words per minute are actually the lowest. Wow. So you feel so much slower in your speech. And like sometimes, do you ever feel like you just can't get the words out that you want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100. And we often just write it off as like, oh, period brain, whatever. It's because we're, we're slowing down. This is a more yin time of our cycle. It's a time to be more inwards, to be with ourselves, to slow down. This usually isn't a time that we're socializing so much. And if you go back to, you know, ancient cultures, um, women had these red tents. They would call it a red tent. And basically everyone who was bleeding would go into this tent and the men would go out and they would bring the women food. They would hunt and gather for the women and all they had to do was rest. And that was their sacred red tent time. That's so funny. And we've become... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Funny that you say that because I remember someone telling me a similar story, but they kind of flipped it on its head and it wasn't a sacred space and it wasn't a beautiful space. It was kind of like a, you're dirty and you're gross. So we're going to put you in this tent to keep you away from everyone because you're bleeding. And it's so mm. nice to hear that this, this is actually not the truth. Yeah, no, like it, there was so much reverence and respect for women at this time because it meant they're healthy mm. and because they were supporting the, the community with having all of these intuitive hits. So they would feel something intuitively of um, how they can better be working together or maybe how they can defend themselves against, you know, other people or whatever it was the women would have these really intuitive hits at this time and they were treated with respect and reverence. So we've lost all sense of this and, you know, the society that we live in isn't supportive of people bleeding. It's like go, 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 we're going to work, you know, uh, five days a week and we only have the weekends off, you know, whatever your kind of work schedule is, it isn't often supportive of um, these yin and yang periods of our cycle. Mm. So something I really encourage people with is for the first day at least, if you can have that day off work, take it. I highly encourage you to take it. If you can't, maybe just asking, um, you know, a friend to take the kids for the afternoon 
So you have some time to yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe asking your partner to cook dinner that night so you can have a bit of a break and go have a bath. You know, even if you can just find 10 minutes out of that day to do something for you and to slow down and to be with yourself without technology, without noise, just to simply be, it actually ripples into the rest of our entire month with feeling like we have more energy and more aliveness if we take that time for deep rest and for more self-love. I've seen also, Eva, just to touch on people who aren't actively going through the four phases every month, um, maybe mm-hmm. identify, maybe they're in menopause, whatever it is. I've seen a lot of talk around using the phases, even if you're not actively menstruating and how that can help you as well. Yep. So you can still use the same um, structure as, you know, the four seasons as if you were bleeding, but instead you you sync it up to be in tune with the cycles of the moon. Okay. So often um, we can we can sync our actual menstrual cycle up with the moon, but even if people aren't bleeding, whether they want to bleed or they're no longer menstruating, they can sync up to be with the um, the moon cycles. So on the day of the new moon, you would count that as being day one, as if you were bleeding. And then you move through the seasons just the same as any other person would. And if this is something you're interested in, send me a message and I'm more than happy to um, yeah, share resources and things like that with you. It's even something you can just easily Google and there is actually a lot of um, resources out there. But, yeah, you would sync it up so that the new moon was as if you were in your winter time. That's the really yin time, the slower time. And then um, almost as if you were going to be ovulating, that would be the time of winter. That would be around the time of the the full moon. So that's a way that you can kind of still have this this cyclical nature in your life and to be honouring the yin and the yang phases in tune with the cycles of the moon. It's incredible how connected we are with everything around us. We're all connected. Yeah. And it's very sad for me that we've lost that. And yeah. We're just driven by consume and make money and buy things. And we've completely forgotten that we're actually just energy and I'm really glad that there are people like you in the world who are leading us back gently at the moment. I think it's going to get a little <laughs> strong, um, but leading us back to to what we can be and living without chronic pain and living without disease and illness. Yeah. We're all preconditioned to believe that the older we get, ah, you know, it's going to happen. We're going to have to get a new hip. We're going to get old. We're going to get sick. We're going to have to go to a home. And that's not actually the case. We should be getting better. Yeah. That's it. Like we, we can be improving our health. And that's not to say that, you know, some, some things just happen. Some things just are. But we can do our absolute best to try and live a life of more ease and health and vitality. And, you know, people are looking at their, their health as in their nutrition and exercise and things like this, but people aren't actually looking at their energetic and their emotional health. And it is just as important if not even more Mm -hmm. i think it's way more important 
Even this yeah. an incredible conversation. I would love to have you back because I feel like we could talk forever. But for <laughs> who really wants to go and follow you and perhaps go and, and find out about a course or whatever, where can they go? How can they find you? Yeah, so my website would be the best place, which is just www.evasumpta.com. And that has all of my offerings on there. Um, I am very active on Instagram as well, which is just Eva Sumpter. Um, and I have a business page on Facebook. If you're not on um, Instagram and you want to follow on me, follow me there. That's just Eva Sumpter as well. Super easy, super basic. Um, but yeah, I do post a lot of free content on Instagram. Um, and yeah, for anyone that would love to work further with me, I offer intuitive guidance sessions. I offer inner child healing sessions. I do energy healing sessions as well as running um, different workshops online and in person and courses um, online and in person and retreats, which hopefully when things um, are a little more calm in the world, I'll be able to take that um, internationally, which will be amazing and really exciting. Yes, please, we're coming. We're all coming. <laughs> we're all coming to heal better people and, and go back to real life as together as possible. Mm. Eva, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate this with my whole heart. And if you don't follow her yet, please, please go and follow her. However you identify, she is going to change you. I promise you in the best possible way. And I think you're going to realize that you are so much more and you can be so much more and you can feel so much better than what you feel. So Eva, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. What I, what I really feel that it is, it's just a, a sense of coming home, returning home to your most natural state, which is the epitome of why I do what I do. And I just feel so blessed and I really appreciate you having me today so I can just share the things that I'm so passionate about. Thank you.